friends, I'm Kara Kay. And I'm Elizabeth. And this is the Asking for a Friend podcast. Each week, we are navigating challenging questions you have about yourself, the church, and the world. But don't worry, we know you're only asking for a friend. Today, we're talking about the issue of burnout and answering the question, am I experiencing stress or burnout? So join us as we break free from the status quo and engage in conversations that matter. Hey, hey, how are you, Kara Kay? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing well. Yeah, just recovering from Halloween and getting into November. So yeah, things are looking good. Good. So tell me what is your little thing this week? Okay, so a little thing that has made a huge difference in my life in the last, really the last couple of months, um, and I've been noticing it more and more lately, is we have been making our kids make their own lunches for school. Oh, yeah. Game changer. Do you do this? Yep. Uh-huh. I don't know why I was babying them for <laughs> so long, and I was just always doing it for them, and it was like the dreaded chore, and my husband and I would like both of us would put it off and be like, oh, I guess I'll have to go make the lunch. Oh, I guess maybe you can go make the lunches. And we have four. And so it's just constant lunch making. Yeah, that's a lot and of so lunches. This, it is. And so we sat down with our kids at the beginning of the school year and said, okay, you're big. Mm-hmm. You're capable. Yeah. Um, you're doing this. And we, I helped them. I made them a list of like, so they didn't just put like Cheetos in their lunch. Mm-hmm. Um, made them a list of like, here's your... Here's your main, a list of main things that you can choose from. Get one fruit, one veggie. Mm-hmm. You can choose chips or something. Oh my goodness! And they do great most That's of awesome. the time. <laughs> I, okay, I'm, I should not be surprised that you made a list for your children. I'm sure nope. it was color coded. Oh yes, and laminated. I have lists everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I love that about you. So I have a friend when she started making her kids pack their own lunches, she created little tubs in the pantry, and it was like, hey, you can choose one thing from. Tub one, tub two, tub That's three. Smart. So, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's like do whatever you can to empower your kids. I and then that. I have one friend that also she says her objective is to work herself out of a job. Um, yes. Yeah. That is the goal here. Yes. So absolutely. I'm I'm hoping I can work myself out of a job by the time they're like all teenagers and that they're all capable and that they don't need me anymore. I don't see that happening. No. But that would be nice. Yes. Yeah. Just That's anything you can do to lighten your load is nice. That's right. Yeah. So what about you? What's been going on with you and what's a little thing that's impacted you? Okay. So I know I am like 10 years late to the party. That's kind of how I always am. I never, I don't (laughs) like to jump on the bandwagon too quick, but I have jumped on the bandwagon for oils. Oh, nice. And I know I'm not selling them, but because I don't need one more job, but (laughs) I am using them. And it's really funny. I I don't know what I'm doing. I have a friend that, you know, she had me over with some people and she explained all these things and about oils. And so I was like, yeah, this sounds great. I need this in my life. And (laughs) my husband's like, do we really need this? But do we need one more thing? (laughs) Exactly. But he humors me. And my kids love it. So I have a diffuse. I have two diffusers, one in the kitchen, one in the living room. And when they walk in, they're like, mom, it smells so good. So I, I love that they love it. And I woke up with a migraine this morning. So I, you know, use some peppermint and now I will say people tell me, oh, it, it totally takes away my migraine. It does not take no, away no, no, my migraine. It doesn't. No, ma'am. If you suffer from real chronic migraines, yeah. it does not work. No. I've tried that too. No. But I will say it takes the edge off. 
it, it's sort of yeah. soothing, if that makes uh-huh. sense. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. put some peppermint on and put it in my diffuser and I actually have it going right now while we're recording. It's. I feel like nice. it's sort of like a pampering thing for me, which I don't do a lot of. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So I've enjoyed it. I love that. That's great. Yeah. We have like our few oils that we use all the time. Mm-hmm. And then the rest, I'm like, oh, wait, I forgot I had all these other ones. And I just struggle with knowing how to use them. I do too. And I'm sure there's people out there listening that are like, oh, come on. Oh, I know. We're going to get so many emails like 110 uses for oils. I know. I'm just so bad about it. I am too. I feel like, I think we talked about this. It's just one more thing for me to have to learn. Yes. I I don't have the brain space. I honestly don't think it's that easy to learn. I agree. I know some people think it is, It's like it was a challenge. It's like cooking, you know? Well, for me, it's like cooking. That's probably why, because I'm a terrible cook. (laughs) Exactly. I don't understand the intricacies of recipes, and and I feel like that's what oils are. They're kind of recipes. You have to know what oil goes with what oil, which for what ailment, and it's a lot. Yep. It's a lot. It is a lot. But I'm grateful for it today. All right, guys. Well, we always love talking about the little things in life that are making or breaking our week. And so we'd love to hear about your little things. You can share those with us over on social media. And we are going to hear from a sponsor and then dive into our conversation. Have you ever considered planning a gathering? Whether it's a retreat, reunion, workshop, or celebration, gather your tribe and meet at Gathering Oaks. Tucked away just outside of Waco, Texas, Gathering Oaks offers 19 unique bedrooms plus two meeting spaces. On over 30 acres with a shady central courtyard and pool, it's a serene location to relax and stay. Whether you want to catch up with old friends around a fire, spark the next big idea for your company, or celebrate a milestone, Gathering Oaks has everything you need to reconnect, retreat, and rejoice. For more information or to book your stay, go to gatheringoaksretreat.com. Okay, so today we are talking about burnout and asking the question, am I stressed or am I experiencing burnout? And so Kara Kay, you and I actually started this conversation because I listened to an Audible original and it was called The Burnout Generation. Uh, We're going to put a link to it in the show notes. It was really good. Uh, Very informative. I will say there were some parts I rolled my eyes at a bit, Um, (laughs) but I'll get to that in a moment. But it really got me thinking just about this issue of burnout. And so I thought we could have a good conversation about that today. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about this because this is something that's very near and dear to me because, and I will talk about this in a little bit, but this is something I've experienced recently. So yeah, I feel like people don't talk about it enough or it doesn't get a lot of attention. I think people uh, focus more on depression or anxiety. Yeah, but burnout is a very real thing in our culture today. Yeah, it sure So is. when researchers and writers discuss the issue of burnout, they're usually doing it from the perspective of burnout at work, mm-hmm. but there is this new phenomenon called parental burnout. So we are going to address it from both perspectives today. Uh, we want to address burnout from in the workplace, at home, and just in life in general. So let's start by defining burnout. Okay, so burnout was originally coined in the 1970s by this doctor that has a really, really long name, um, <laughs> Herbert Frudenberger. I Very have, good. Is that right? Is that German or something? Yeah, we're going to go with that. 
yeah, that sounds great. Um, so this term came from analogy of a burned out house. So if you've ever seen a building that has been burned out, you know, it's it's really sad. It's there's like bricks and concrete, maybe the outlines of windows. Um, it's so like sometimes the outer shell of the house is left intact. And only if you go like inside of the devastation can you really be struck by the full force of what's happened. And um, our Frudenberger friend, he said, <laughs> like a burned out house, someone who's burned out may not seem that way on the outside, but their inner resources are consumed as if by fire, leaving a great emptiness inside. Yeah, that is such a great description because I think yeah. that's what we do in our world. We pretend we're fine. Yep. You know, I, I mentioned in the episode on depression how that uh, that meme of the woman laying in the middle of the road and it just said, I'm fine. Yes. And I think that's, that's what burnout how we is. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So this state of being um, out of sync with aspects of our life, um, it causes a loss of energy, enthusiasm, confidence, you know, so many things that happen on the inside that we may not always show that well on the outside of what's going on. Yeah. Um, we found this definition from Psychology Today, and they defined burnout as this, a state of emotional, mental, and often physical exhaustion brought on by prolonged or repeated stress. Yeah, that's a great definition too, because we are answering the question, am I experiencing stress or burnout? And so the way you know the difference is that stress is temporary and it can be situational or tied to like one specific part or event in your life. So maybe if you have a parent who's sick or um, a child who's walking through a difficult season, you know, that's stressful, but you can see an end in sight. Yes. Um, burnout is more long-term it, and, and it encompasses many aspects of life. Yeah, I agree. Because I think that we assume, oh, I'm just really, really stressed out mm-hmm. um, and don't realize the deepness of what's going on until we're almost too far into it. Yeah, I feel like we function in just an overall society of burnout. Like it's almost like carrying all of this stress all the time has become our norm. Yes. And then we don't even recognize, hey, this isn't like just, I'm just a little stressed out. Like this is clear burnout. Yeah. And it's not healthy at all. Right. (laughs) Not a healthy place. So just to kind of get us started now that we're all on the same page about what exactly is burnout, I would love it if you would just kind of share your story. Okay. Um, so I am a very busy person. Um, and I know that everyone says that I Mm -hmm. do multiple things. Um, and both of us function this way. Um, we have our hands in a lot of things Um, a lot of kids involved in the community and our churches. And so, the past year, I about a year ago, I started feel I was really stressed. I had a book coming out. Um, I had uh, other books that I was in the process of writing, and so I just had all these irons in the fire, and was you know, so I was in this cycle of total stress. And but I had convinced myself that it was just normal. Mm-hmm. That well, it's a busy season, and so this is normal for me to feel this way, to be this stressed. And it was last spring um, that I got really unhealthy. Mm-hmm. And I started to the point that I didn't want to be around other people. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of this was because of my mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But I think that all of these things can kind of overlap and push us deeper into burnout. Um, yes. Because my health wasn't intact. My my physical health wasn't. I wasn't taking care of myself. Um, I was – my body was really struggling. I struggle with anemia. Mm-hmm. And when I'm not super healthy, my iron levels will get really, really low, which causes me to be very tired. I struggle to function. I'm dizzy all the time. I was sinking into depression, anxiety. I just had so many things going on that I was really, really unhealthy. And for me personally in that season, I also was facing this massive kind of crisis of faith. Um, yeah. I began asking a lot of questions, which I don't think is a bad thing, mm-hmm. um, but it got to the point that I was angry with God and didn't want to talk about it, didn't want to talk to him about it. I just wanted to be done with everything. Mm-hmm. I, did, I wanted to be done with church. I wanted to mm-hmm. be done with faith. I wanted to be done with everything I was involved in, and I just wanted to lay in my bed and do nothing because everything else was so overwhelming. It sounds like, like you said, you were so overwhelmed in so many areas of life that you, you couldn't even figure out how to move forward. So you just wanted, so you just wanted to shut down and hope it all goes away. Yes. I just, I literally wanted to just quit everything. Um, and I remember there was, we were in the process, my husband and I love to watch TV shows together. We'll like binge watch a show that we haven't watched before. And mm-hmm. we were watching Killing Eve at the time. Have you seen okay. Killing Eve? I haven't. I've heard it's of it. It's a fun but show. Um, I'll be five years late to that party too. That's fine. That's <laughs> fine. Um, I was a little late to that one. But I loved this show. And there's a character in there that she, at the in this specific scene, she was pretending to be somebody else. She was like undercover and she mm-hmm. was at this counseling session for addicts, I think it was. Um, and she's talking about, she's kind of like pretending to be this character, but at the same time, she's really kind of telling her story and the other people are listening. She has like a um, microphone on and they're listening to her talk. And she was talking about how she, she literally didn't feel anything mm. that she just, you know, nothing, nothing affected mm. her. She felt nothing. Yeah. And I remember we watched that episode and I was watching that going, wow, that's how I feel right now. Yeah. I feel nothing. I'm so mm-hmm. like emotionally, physically, spiritually stripped bare that I feel nothing for anything. And to the point that I didn't want, I didn't enjoy spending time with my kids. They didn't mm-hmm. bring me joy. I didn't enjoy being at church because it was just too much. It was overwhelming. We had a thing at church, like a worship night or some something we had going on the night after we had watched that episode. And I remember, and I was sitting in the back. My husband was, um, he's our creative arts pastor, so he was kind of running all of the sound things. And I was sitting back with him, and I remember sitting there watching people worship and listening to this, somebody speak, and I remember thinking, I feel nothing. Oh, that's so I hard. feel so bare and mm-hmm. overwhelmed and burned out that I feel nothing when I listen to worship music or when I hear somebody talk, I feel nothing. And, and I know it's not always about our feelings, but Mm -hmm. you know, it it was just that place of this is too much. And so I realized, wow, I am so extremely burned out from doing so much and going so much that I'm just done. I'm to a place that I'm done. 
So what did you do to move from a place of burnout to a place of emotional, spiritual, physical health? So what I did was, and I know that not everyone can do this, um, but we were, it was getting close to the, su- the, the time of summer. My kids are home in the summer. I work from home. And so, um, and I'm kind of my own boss, um, except for when I have like deadlines with publishers and things like that. But I was, I was in a season that, that kind of fit up perfectly with my schedule, my publishing schedule, because I had some books coming out and it was kind of going to be a downtime. And so I decided I'm going to take some time off. I'm going to take a sabbatical where I'm going to not do any work beyond answering the emails that I need to every once in a while. And I'm just going to take some time to just be, just Mm -hmm. spend time with my kids until I get to the point that I am enjoying my life again. (laughs) And um, I'm going to rest. And I, you know, I was, I decided I'm just going to sit around and read books and I'm going to swim in the pool with my kids and I'm going to enjoy, I'm going to enjoy my summer. And which is rare because usually when it's summer and my kids are home, that is an even more stressful time for me because I'm trying to do all of my work and taking care of them and trying to still be a good mom and enjoy time with them. Um, But I took about two months off and it was the best thing that I've ever done for myself. Yeah, I watched you on social media and you know, you referenced several times your sabbatical. So I know some things that you did to rest and move to a healthier place included not working, mm-hmm. um, reading, spending time with your kids. Um, also, I think you, t- did you take like a I don't know if you took a break from social media or did you just pull back a little bit? I did pull back. I didn't take an intentional break, but uh-huh. I would go a week without even opening it and realize, oh. wow, I haven't I haven't posted on Instagram in a week. I haven't checked Twitter today. And and that was really healthy. And I think yeah. I, I read that it's funny, my my girls wanted to read Harry Potter because mm-hmm. they haven't read Harry Potter yet. And I said, Well, I'll read it with you. And they read like the first two chapters and decided they didn't like it. And I, I liked it. So mm-hmm. I ended up reading the entire series, which I had never read before. And I got sucked wow. in. And so it was just fun for me to read. I love reading fiction. And so I read, I read like, I can't remember. It was like 30 books. It was an insane amount of It was of an insane <laughs> number in the course of like two months. Yeah. But it was just so nice. And I think the biggest thing for me was I didn't force it. I didn't say, okay, by this point, I'm going to be better. I'm going to be in a healthy place. Um, I'm everything's going to be good because we don't know that. We don't know what the timeline's going to look like. I went into Mm -hmm. it knowing, okay, it may be a year or two before I'm healthy again. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to take the time to sit in this and just whatever God is doing in my life right now, I'm just going to listen. I'm just going to abide in this. And I'll be honest, there was, I went a long time without even opening my Bible because Mm -hmm. I was struggling so much that I just couldn't do it. And so I was so spiritually burned out as well. And I knew that that was okay. I didn't Mm -hmm. beat myself up over it. I just took the time to sit in it and just let it happen the way that it needed to happen for me. Yeah. And and now I'm actually to probably one of the healthiest places that I've ever been. That's incredible. So 
it worked. So what, what did you do to bring yourself back into a place where you felt connected spiritually again? I read a lot of books during that time, not just Harry Potter, but I read some <laughs> other books about spirituality and I allowed myself to really dig into some of the questions that I was asking about my faith. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the biggest thing for me was to allow myself to ask those questions that were always kind of nagging in my head, mm-hmm. but I never really allowed myself to say it out loud. Even if saying it out loud was just me saying it to the ceiling yeah. of why do I even believe this? Mm-hmm. What what matters in this? You know, God, are you even there? Do you mm-hmm. even care? You know, mm-hmm. some of those questions that were really hard, but I allowed myself the space to ask them and then just to sit in those and and let it be let it be an okay thing to ask the hard questions. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I read a few books that really helped me with my maturity and learning through some of those challenges. And, and I got to the point that I realized it's okay to question our faith. It's okay yeah. to question God in these seasons. And God can handle our anger. He yeah. can handle our questions. And I think that was a huge thing for me just to realize, okay, I've hit this wall, but the wall can come down at some point. Yeah. And I don't have, this doesn't have to be my state of living for my entire life, mm-hmm. that I can work through these things and I can grow through them. And that's exactly what I did. Yeah. I think that took a lot of courage for you for two reasons. First of all, because you were raised in the church and you're a pastor's wife. Yes. So that was the challenge. Yeah. I bet that was really difficult. And also I know your personality type and my <laughs> personality type, and we love to just plow through the tough stuff and just... You know, we don't want to assign a lot of emotion to it. We want to disconnect and just forge ahead. Yes, that's true. It, it's easier to make a list and say, okay, these are the things I'm going to do to get healthy. And mm-hmm. it's all good. And I'm typically a very positive person. And there was there were many, many weeks that I couldn't go to church because I did not want to have to put on that happy face and pretend yeah. like everything was okay. And mm-hmm. so... I just didn't. I just told yeah. the kids we're going to just have church at home today. And and that was okay. You know, nobody's mad at me. My yeah. husband understands and he walks through these things with me. And believe it or not, our pastors go through these things too. Absolutely. <laughs> so they get it. It's not like, you know, it's a big deal for a pastor's wife or a pastor to face burnout. I mm-hmm. think people in ministry face burnout more than we even realize. So. Yeah, that Audible that I listened to, uh, The Burnout Generation, they interviewed a guy who worked in ministry, and that's one thing he said was just the um, how common that is for people in the church, it pastors so and staff. Yeah, that burnout is a real thing. If someone were to come to you and say, I feel like I might be experiencing burnout, what do I? what should I do to get healthy again? What would you say to them? I think just telling them to allow themselves to experience it is okay. Mm -hmm. I think so often we jump to, well, do this, do this, um, and then everything will be all right. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, it's the, we just want to put a Band-Aid on everything. Yeah. But I think just being able to experience it, feel it, deal with whatever emotions you need to, and 
And I think one of the really important things we can do is cut something out that might be the cause, mm, which yes. sometimes that's our kids, Some which we can't cut that out, but we can. <laughs> yeah, is that an option? No, I, I don't think that's legal or healthy or any of those things. Um, but I think we can, you know, find ways to to make those situations healthy. Maybe it's a really overwhelming, stressful job. That may be a really hard thing to do is to move on from something. Yeah. Um, maybe it's an unhealthy relationship that we need to either get help with or remove ourselves from. Mm-hmm. So I think that sometimes just being able to say no to something. For me, I was serving on two different boards of mm-hmm. like local nonprofit organizations and one of my kids' um, activities, I was serving on that board. So I was overwhelming my self with things that other people could do yeah that I wasn't the only one that could sit in that chair Mm -hmm. and so I had to remove myself from things that someone else could easily step into now I'm the only one that can write my books so I can't you know if I'm in the middle of a publishing contract for my job I can't just say oh never mind that's something that's important to me. And I love to do that. It's life-giving to me. But, you know, maybe we can cut out some of the little extra things that are overwhelming, um, that don't bring us joy, that just stress us out, and to be able to find some health and some balance. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I think people do need to realize that, that in order to get healthy, you're going to have to make some really difficult decisions and do some things that are uncomfortable in the short term, but will pay off in the long run. Yeah. So in the burnout generation, uh, I mentioned that I kind of rolled my eyes at some parts hey, of yes. it. So it taught it. It focused on millennials, which I did not realize it was going to when I started it. But that's great. I mean, that's okay. I got a lot out of it. But it uh, they interviewed several who several millennials who were saying they felt burned out because they had gone to college, they had accrued all this college debt, and now they were working multiple jobs to pay it off, and just how stressful that was and this and that. And I can I can completely relate and identify because that was my story. I went to school, I worked my way through school, and I remember when I was in college thinking, I can't wait to graduate because then I won't have to work and go to school. I'll just have to work and it'll be so much easier. Um, that was pretty naive. Yes. I Yeah, I graduated, had a ton of student loan debt, and I ended up, I had a full-time job and three part-time jobs that I was juggling. Oh, wow. What are some other areas profession-wise that you see the majority of the burnout happening in? Yeah, so they, in this Audible, they talked a lot about uh, like helping professions, social work, Uh elder care, you know, that kind of thing. Teaching, huge burnout in teaching. And I see this in a lot of my friends who are teachers. Um, They're just so overwhelmed with all the demands placed on them. And I think there's there's several reasons to why they experience burnout. But the guy that talked on Audible about, he was a social worker and he said, it's not the social work that is what's burning me out. He's like, that gives me energy. I love helping people. I love helping them find solutions and ministering to their needs. But the burnout comes from all the bureaucracy and the red tape that you have to go through. And he said, you're trying to accomplish an end result and the system's working against you and preventing you from doing that. And I think I see that in teachers a lot. They have a true love for children. 
They have a passion for teaching. It's what they're gifted in. But then there's all these roadblocks to accomplish their end goal of just teaching kids, you know, whether that's um, standardized testing, whether that's this, you know, technology that they now have to incorporate and, you know, uh, challenging behaviors in the classroom. And there's so much on the peripheral that they have to deal with that makes it challenging for them just to go in and do the job they love. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, And I also wonder if, because when I hear all these roles that you're saying, I feel like some of those are the lowest paid positions. Yep, so true. In our society. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if the stress of trying to just make ends meet at home And because most of those positions are people really doing what they're passionate about. Right. And, you know, doing what they love. But then, you know, like you said, I see teachers that have to work multiple jobs because they can't afford to pay their mortgage or, you know, and I grew up with two teachers and they were, I don't, it's funny looking back now, I'm like, how in the world did they manage everything? We always had everything we needed. Because I know that teachers don't make much, and right. especially in some states, and I grew up in a state that was like one of the lowest paid states for teachers. And mm-hmm. and so I feel like that can have a huge impact of just trying to have, just trying to make ends meet and having yeah. those stressors of financial stability on top of the stressors at work. I agree 100%. And then not only, you know, you have these stressors at work, and then you try and go home and be a good mom or a good dad, and you have nothing left. Yes. You're completely depleted. Completely I don't know difficult. how teachers do it. No, I don't. Way Amen to go, for teachers. teachers. <laughs> I'm so We grateful. love you. We are thankful for you teaching our children so we don't have to. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I will say another area where I see burnout is, you know, when my husband and I were foster parents, this is really prevalent in the foster community among caseworkers, agency workers, and then foster parents themselves. Um, I know one of the most difficult parts of fostering, I've always said, is the issue of childcare. And you have to have only people who are certified to be babysitters can babysit your children. And then they have to do more extensive training to keep your children, like if you want to go out of town for the weekend or a week. And so it was always, we were always relying on each other, like foster parents relying on other foster parents to keep your kids. So here you have your own, you know, four or five kids, and then you're keeping someone else's two kids just so they can go to a doctor's appointment or go get their hair cut or have that occasional date night. And it was really taxing. And I think that's what I saw the most in foster parents was they were overwhelmed with just the number of kids they were taking care of. They were overwhelmed with, um, appointments and court dates and caseworker visits and paperwork. I mean, it's, it really is a, I mean, it sounds cliche, but it really is a full-time job to be a foster parent. And a lot of these parents are doing it in addition to their full-time job and raising their biological children. And it's not a surprise that they experience burnout. Yeah, that's true. And I think about, which I, we were not foster parents, but we did not foster Kendrick. Mm-hmm. Um, we adopted him through a private adoption. So it was a, you know, a different type of situation, but uh, it still was a full-time job doing just the paperwork for his yeah. adoption. So I get that. Um, and so we have been researching, um, you know, the foster system and how we can help. And we just learned probably a year or two ago about respite care. Yeah. And that was like a new thing to me. And so Brooke and I would love to, you know, become certified to be 
just to do respite care because we're not really in a place of we'd like to maybe adopt at some point another child, but not right now. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's a great thing. And if you're listening, you don't know what that means. It's just basically you go through training to be able to help a family, a foster family, so you can keep their kids for them. Yeah. And I think that's a great way to to be able to help somebody who is going through that. While we're talking about this, what would you say is a way that we can come alongside someone who is facing burnout? How we can be a good friend, how we can help them, maybe even if it's our spouse going through it, how -hmm. can we help someone that's facing that? Yeah, that's a great question. I would recommend that you give someone space. I think your husband did this really well, gave you space. Uh, to do what you needed to do, which was pulling back from commitments, um, resting, reflecting, you know, just giving that person space. And I think not fearing what they're going through, not thinking, oh my goodness, this, you know, this means divorce, or this means they're suicidal, or this, you know, just not letting yourself spiral to those worst case scenarios, but just giving them that healthy space that, hey, they're just trying to work through some things and get to a healthier place. And then I would say, ask that person what they need. You know, I don't know if Brooke did this for you, but asking them like, Hey, what, what would help you in this season? If we need to eat chicken nuggets every night for dinner or order pizza, let's do that. If Which you need, we do a lot. Yeah. Yeah. We do that. We're not even burnt out. I was going to say, that's just normal life. Uh-huh. Yeah. Do you need to take every Saturday and just go be by yourself for four or five hours, you know, or the whole day. I mean, just asking them, what do you need in this season? And then trying to support them in that. And then like I talked about in our episode on depression, if you have a friend walking through this, just texting them every day, calling them, sending them an email. I'm just thinking about you today. Let me know if you have a specific prayer request, you know, just being available for them. Do you have anything to add to that? What would, what would have helped you? I agree. I think that being able to, what like you said, with a spouse, it was great. Brooke was very supportive and he allowed me space to just be. And he always asks me, our thing has always been, what can I do for you today? What can I do for you this week? That's been our thing our entire marriage. And he's really good. And usually our answer is nothing, but sometimes it's, hey, can you call the plumber? Because I have a meeting today and I don't have time. You know, sometimes it's those little things that we can help each other with. But um, he's very supportive in the times that I'm struggling. And, you know, I am with him as well, because him being a pastor and him spending, you know, people that work in ministry, it's a full-time job plus, plus, plus. Um, They are going, going, going constantly, always thinking about everybody else. And There's typically, you know, it's not like it's a a 40-hour-a-week job that they go and clock in and clock out. There's always things going on um, where Brooke will have to – we're in the middle of dinner, and he'll get a phone call that somebody needs something, and he'll have to go. And we just know that and understand that. And um, sure, there's challenges in that, but there's also a huge privilege in being able to be the, you know, the ones that – can be called because there's somebody needs to do that. But I would say um, just checking on people. And like we talked about people that are in um, those roles that are maybe a little more challenging, um, that are not necessarily the clock in, clock out kind of roles, Mm -hmm. to do what you can to check on those people. You know, maybe it's just finding out what your, your kid's teacher's favorite 
coffee is and delivering it once a semester. Yeah. Those kind of things make a huge impact just to say, I'm thinking about you. You're doing a great job. I appreciate what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so I think those kind of things have just really just being there for somebody, whether mm-hmm. they're, you know, a close friend or not, um, because you never know, somebody could be right on the brink of just exploding. Yeah. And maybe you could be the person that says, you're doing a good job. I'm praying for you um, this week and what you're doing. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate your honesty, your vulnerability, and just, I think, opening our eyes to something that I think a lot of people are dealing with and they don't even realize it. They yeah. don't have a, they, I don't think they have a name for it or a framework to put around it. Right. Yeah. I think that a lot of times people think, oh, this is normal life. This is how mm-hmm. everyone feels. Yep. Um, and they just kind of go through life feeling completely stressed mm-hmm. until they reach the point that it's not okay anymore. Well, we hope that this episode and conversation has been informative for you, that it's been helpful. Uh, We hope it has helped you rethink the way you view stress, that maybe now you realize it doesn't have to be a way of life, that there are changes you can make to find some relief and hopefully avoid burnout. So we're going to take a moment to hear from our sponsor, and then we'll meet back up. Spoonful of Faith is a creative shop and design studio by illustrator Gina Holiday. God showed up in a beautiful way, merging Gina's love of marketing with her passion for art and creativity. Her studio focuses on creating thoughtfully illustrated pieces for small businesses and brands. Additionally, Spoonful of Faith is passionate about empowering creative women and offers support through an online community called Mother Creative as well as a newly launched creative shop of faith-centered apparel, stationery, and artwork for your home. You can save 15% off this week by using code ASKINGPOD15 when you shop at SpoonfulOfFaith.com. We wrap up every episode here by sharing resources that are helping us rethink ourselves, the church, and the world. So Elizabeth, would you like to start out and share something that is helping you rethink the world around you this week? Okay, so back in episode three, when we talked about cultural appropriation, Ashley shared with us, and she just mentioned it very briefly, the TV show Finding, or no, Raising Dion. It's on Netflix, and so I started watching it the other night, and it's so good. Have you seen it? I haven't yet, but it's on our list. We're in the middle of catching up on The Walking Dead right now. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Okay. Well, So we're going to watch that next. That's okay. I haven't seen The Walking Dead, so we're even. So Raising Dion is about a boy that has some superpowers, and his dad has died, so his mom is grieving that death and also now trying to raise this child who has these strange, mysterious powers. Um, I'm not usually one for fantasy. That's not my genre. So I have not read Harry Potter, (laughs) but um, I really like this. And as I was watching it, I thought, I I wonder if my kids would like this. It's, It's clean. There's nothing, no language or anything inappropriate in it. And then I thought, well, I don't know. And it might be kind of slow for my kids. But then the next day, my 10 year old said, he mentioned raising Dion. He he said, "I want to watch that show." And I said, "Well, I've watched like four episodes. You can you can try it. See if you like it." He has already passed me. I think he's watched like six episodes or something. I don't know. He's way ahead of me, and he loves it. So I think it's something you can watch probably with like ten, twelve, 
and up year olds, I think they would find it interesting. Um, so I, it's highly recommended. I'm appreciative to Ashley that she mentioned it. That's awesome. I can't wait to watch it. What about you? What are you reading or watching or listening to? Um, so I wanted to share a resource that a book that I read while I was in the midst of my burnout. And this book okay. was really helpful for me. It's interesting because it was a book that I had on my shelf for years and I had never actually picked it up. Um, and it's called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. Mm-hmm. Um, this book was just a huge help for me. And he talks in this book about, I think he calls it the journey, the journey through the wall. And he he refers to us hitting this wall and what it looks like. And that was just so impactful for me to hear, oh, other people go through this. This Mm -hmm. pastor who wrote this book went through this. And it was such a good reminder to me that it's okay to go through hard seasons and, and what it can look like to grow healthy through those seasons. And so I always recommend this book to people that are going through a challenging time or just need help growing um, in maturity in their faith. So I love, love, love the book. Thank you for listening today as we chatted about burnout and answered the question, am I experiencing stress or burnout? We hope this conversation helps you rethink the way you view burnout in your own life or in the life of someone you love. Make sure you join us next week as we chat about parenting and answer the question, how do I handle my anxious kids? Don't forget, we have a giveaway going on right now. Um, You can head over to our Instagram page. We are at The Asking Pod to learn all about it. We have a huge, huge resource giveaway, tons of books. And all you have to do is go leave a review on iTunes. And this really helps people find the show. And we just want to invite a lot of people to walk through as we chat about these important issues that affect all of us. And also, we wanted to tell you guys that we will both be at Blissom this upcoming week, and we would love to connect with you. So come find us and come say hi. And always, we love connecting with you guys on Facebook and Instagram. We are at The Asking Pod, and each week we'll be posting new questions there about something we're discussing on the podcast, and we always want your input. You can also connect with each of us on Instagram. I'm at karak.james, and Elizabeth is at elizabethoats underscore. And finally, keep asking questions for a friend.